Hello and welcome to Gutshot, home of the hottest takes for Magic the Gathering. I am War Crimes Uwu, uh, although also known as Fred, and joining me as always is Aggressive Rhetoric, uh, known to some as Will. <laughs> That's right. Welcome to Gutshot, the only MTG podcast that is based and cringe at the same time. That is right, a walking contradiction, just like uh, libertarianism. So today we are um, diving into some uh, some subject matter that's going to cut our audience in half, but I hope we'll be left with the cool half. I think we will. Um, this is putting Magic the Gathering cards on a political compass. Um, so some of these are going to be based on their characters. Some of these are going to be based on the way that they play in the game. Some of these are going to be cheap one-off gags. Um, for those of you who aren't aware of what a political compass is, uh, you can take a little quiz, uh, just Google political compass quiz, but it puts you um, on two axes based on uh, your responses to the questions. Um, and the up and down axis is how much control you want the government to have over your life. And the left to right axis is how much control you want capital uh, to have over your life, you know, landlords, CEOs, etc. Um, full disclosure, I am uh, in the bottom left-hand corner of, uh, of left libertarian. I don't want the government to have any control over my life, and I think that landlords' property should be seized, etc. Um, Will straddles the line between authoritarian and libertarian, but he is also left. Um, he straddles the line because he likes trains. I, I, I consider myself to be a leftist, but I'm not complete. I have not completely given up on the uh, usefulness of the state. So that is about where I am. You know, these uh, political uh, these political compass memes have really taken off recently, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, but only the ones that like completely misuse the political compass make it onto social media. Other than that, like cursed subreddit. Well, um, anything worth doing is worth misunderstanding, right? True. <laughs> That's words to live by. Um, yeah, the Wojaks um, with those awful 4chan faces, um, a lot of those were used on Political Compass memes. A lot of times they'll just take a tweet of someone they disagree with and they'll just highlight a color from the Political Compass over it. Uh, there's a lot of fun discourse. Um, but today we are here to put Magic the Gathering cards where we think they go on the Political Compass. Hey, you all know how magic players are. We we like to uh, uh, be uh, over, um, uh, be very hyperbolic about the things that we we talk about. You know, we love um, saying whether things are good or bad, uh, putting them into boxes: playable, unplayable, good, bad. For Timmy's, for Spikes, and we're going to yeah. do that uh, with uh, with a political compass. Uh, and I I'm really excited for this. I think we have some very um, based and cringe opinions on this. Mm -hmm. And this is. Um, yeah, I think this is going to be a very good exercise and is going to piss off everyone we know. Yes. Um, and just for the record, um, Spike is uh, off center. Uh, Timmy is lib left and Johnny is uh, center right. Uh, and where would you put Vorthos? Uh, lib right? Uh, Pesadism. <laughs> okay, that, that, that sounds good. Hey, how you feel about getting into this one? Yeah, yeah, I feel good about getting into this one. So... The first card that we have is Thalia, Guardian of Thraben. Um, now, she, uh, she not only on the card does she tell you what you can and can't do, but she is also a member of the church. So I went ahead and I, I would argue that she is uh, far right, leaning pretty heavily into authoritarian. 
Um, I envision her as someone who, you know, she uh, shares a lot of stuff from like a Facebook page called Dank Catholic Memes. Mm-hmm. Yep. She's a path. Um, she imagines herself as like the trad wife Wojak in the little flower dress. Uh, she went to community college to get an MRS degree, but she's like too weirdly conservative for even the like college Republican club. So she look, it looks like she's not going to get out of community college with that MRS degree. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely wants to be a trad wife. Um, but like, yeah, the control effect on the card really sealed the deal for me and putting her in off right. She does really resemble almost every uh, woman commentator, anchor on Fox News, doesn't she? And all the art that we have oh, of her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this makes a lot of sense. So, uh, you yeah. know, in Innistrad, it was really the monsters, the whores, you know, the non-human part versus the humans. And Thalia, um, other than like Micaeus, uh, is like the face of the humans, uh, the human resistance against the whores of Innistrad. And that just really uh, parallels the um, the authorite experience, right? It's us against the others. Yeah, and everyone else is a monster. I could totally see her going on Newsmax or some other crazy fucking website and talking about how immigrants are werewolves and are vampires or whatever yeah that's that totally fits yeah absolutely i don't think anyone could uh, uh criticize this one i think you nailed this one perfectly thank you um so next one this is one of your favorite characters in magic so i'm gonna let you go ahead and take the wheel and explain why you feel this character belongs here yeah i uh, just full disclosure i uh, Full disclosure, I love Elspeth. She is my favorite character in Magic, and I put her in Authright. Um, you know, we have to remember we first see her on Bant, uh, you know, which had no red or black mana. I would really describe Bant as like lawful good hierarchy, the plane. Um, it's all about. Yeah, it's all about. Uh, you know, it's all about fighting uh, each other in bloodless battles to create a hierarchy. Um, but, you know, no one actually dies. So, you know, there's a, a bit of like, you know, uh, greater good there where like no one is actually hurt. But you know exactly who is the most powerful, who has, um, you know, like a social capital over others. And I just think that puts her squarely in this quadrant. Yeah, I think I would largely agree, um, especially if you're talking specifically about her Bant incarnation. I will say um, when she killed Heliod on Theros, that was a sort of um, rejection of unjust authority. Um, That was like a a sort of uh, hoisting off of someone who had shown that they were not worthy to lead. And I think that's a little bit more lib lefty to me, Um, just sort of the anarchist sentiment of like hierarchies are not justified and they have to prove themselves as worthy and she's sort of setting things right by um, displacing an unjust hierarchy but I think if you're taking into account specifically her band incarnation how she's sort of the mascot of band I think I think uh, off left nails it I I totally hear what you're saying and you and you are right um, I wouldn't say that um, rejecting uh, unjust authority automatically makes you anti-authority um, you know because you, you can you can say you know this government is unjust but you know like a government like it with the unjust parts taken out is the best way uh, to go forward uh, I, I haven't seen I haven't really seen anything to kind of um, say that she went uh, just be of that mind uh, but you're absolutely you're absolutely right um, I, I could definitely see a bit closer to lib left uh than uh you know up towards the top but uh i think this is a good fit for her sure yeah yeah no i i think i agree um so next we've got uh tezzeret the seeker 
Um, so he's from Esper, and he um, has a, a metal arm that he sort of, like, bends to do stuff that he needs. He's a, a metallurge. I don't remember the exact word. Um, someone in the comments will correct me very kindly. Um, they, they can bend metal to their will and do, like, machine magic. Um, and I think it has a very transhumanist vibe, which is mostly lib-left, but also kind of lib-center, just, you know, using machines and augmentations to escape the tethers of, like, the biological world of our, of our bodies that we're born into, um, which is a really cool thing, something that, like, you know, a uh, hit great game with nothing wrong with it, Cyberpunk 2077, I think, tried to touch on. I don't know. I haven't played it. Um, but the fact that he sold out to Bolas, um, just to like get more material for his research or whatever, um, definitely takes him out of lib left. And I, I think I put him in lib center, not like return to monkey lib center, but just like, you know, I, I don't want a lot of hierarchy around me, but I just kind of want to, to pursue my own edification. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I know that he was working under Bolas for quite a while, but that was really more um, like subjugation, right? He wasn't really doing that out of his own free will. Oh, okay. I thought it was because Bolas promised him like knowledge and stuff. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not too sure, but yeah, it definitely wasn't a "you're powerful and I want to follow you because you're powerful." It was. Um, there was. A, it, it was definitely not a hundred percent bought into what uh, Bolas was doing. So, regardless of whether it was, uh, you know, being, you know, um, uh, subjugated, uh, you know, uh, being held against his will, or just because he thought that uh, doing so would be the um, uh, best, uh, most profitable option for him uh yeah i i I, th I think this is good um yeah i definitely wouldn't put him towards authoritarianism at all um so yeah, i think this is a good spot for him yeah yeah i think so too so this next one is pretty controversial between the two of us i think we'll have a heated disagreement uh, i don't have a lot of stock in this character but this this card that i put up here is definitely one of my favorite cards of all and uh, Will says that it's off-center. Tell us about why. Yeah, so uh, I'm not going to sit here and say I know too much about all the details of the uh, Ixalan story. I haven't really uh, read all that. But uh, Ongroth, he is known as a uh, captain of a, a ship, a pretty brutal one as far as I know, uh, in the uh, Ixalan story. And if you know anything about, like, captains of ships, and especially captains of pirate ships, uh, where, you know, it's it takes a lot of authority to be able to hold those, you know, there's constant threat of a uh, mutiny uh, and um, you know, just the outside threats of other ships and then uh, uh, you know, weather and all, all the, um, uh, all the uh, uh, dangers of captaining a ship. If you are a captain of a shirt, uh, if, Sorry. If you are a captain of a ship, I don't think you can be anything other than off center. It's just what you have to do to be able to, to run a ship. Okay. See, I would think it came at it from a completely different angle. I came at it from, like, what's a pirate's goal? To plunder and get treasure. So I would say lib right. You know, it's completely economically motivated. You could imagine Angrath as a sort of Randian Superman, um, if you believe in fairy tales like the Fountainhead and Atlas Shrugged. Um, he sort of has, has gained control because he's the smartest and best, um, and so he gets the most treasure. Uh, I, think, I think pirates' motivation put them in, in lib right, but I think it is. There is a good argument for an authoritarian ship captain. Um, I think what's interesting is if you wanted to put him in Authright, you could argue that the minus three, sort of pressing someone into service and then sacrificing them, could be a metaphor for how um, fascism calls to a prelapsarian past. It sort of envisions a time when we were the greatest and then takes young men 
into its ranks and then sort of sacrifices them when they're not useful anymore. Okay, yeah, that 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 makes a lot of sense. Uh, I, yeah, I could definitely buy that buy that argument. Um, I do like what you said about uh, you know being a pirate, being a rejection of traditional states and authority. But I, I would push back on that. How do they do that by creating their own mini state with within the ship that they're in charge of? Um, so it's it's rejecting other authority for your own type of authority so i i can't agree that would be anywhere towards uh um, towards libertarianism i think that's largely what libright is about i think libright lies to itself about being anti-authority they just want it structured a different way i think there's a decent case for angrath anywhere but live left live left but i think i, I buy center explanation sure yeah yeah I, I, yeah this he could definitely go around i mean honestly he's going to go wherever is profitable for him i mean that is what uh that's what the pirates do so uh well, yeah. well we'll leave him here for the time being sure um so next we've got the and i've i've represented this with eye blight colors because it's sort of the the uh, it's a good representation of this but you know back on i believe or well i guess original Lorwyn block, or maybe this story was expanded upon in Origins, that's where I found out about it. Uh, the elves of Lorwyn being um, super racist, like, eugenicist, like, purity stuff. Yeah. They are, uh, they chase down the eye blights, which are creatures they don't think are beautiful, specifically like goblins, and hunt them out of their woods so that everyone in their woods will be beautiful. Mm. Um, that's a pretty clear um, authright. You can just imagine some, like, um, like uh, like wannabe Republican senator that's like came straight off of 4chan that gets you know not enough votes to get even close to winning but a startling amount of votes that makes you lose your faith in humanity um, you can just imagine like uh, just just somebody tweeting something about how uh, these these fucking eye blights coming into my country this used to be a country for elves um, and I think uh, I think the elves of Lorwyn are very interesting. And I think uh, if you if you sort of contrast Nissa against them, um, it puts her in like lib left or center left. Um, but they are definitely fascists. This is definitely an allegory for fascism. Yeah, definitely. Um, with some of these, we're kind of we're kind of you know being a little silly with it. We're kind of uh, uh, adding our own little uh, a canon to it. But the Lorwyn elves are literally just coded to be you know like that off right like us over everyone else um you know we we are in charge you know you, we will subjugate you to to our um to, to the type of society that we want to have yeah so i you, yeah you can't really argue that this is uh anywhere else uh and and i would also say a really um great uh, a great and different look to elves um from what we normally get in uh magic the gathering when they're normally pers uh, you know put as like lawful good you would really have to like look into the subtext to kind of see the dystopia in their in their society yeah absolutely i think this is a good depiction of that um ideology that doesn't like glorify it it's sort of just like a lot of a lot of fantasy depictions of fascism will uh, inadvertently glorify it or raise it um and i think this one does a really good job showing why just kind of like sad and disheveled people who are blaming an other for their problems yeah, yeah, that's a great place to put them. Yeah. So uh, next we've got uh, your pick for a uh, filthy, filthy sentence. Why don't you tell us about yeah, so uh, I want to talk about Sarkin, uh, who's been in the uh, in the story for um, quite a while now, ever since uh, we kind of um, uh, 
Oh, what was his first one? Uh, his first card was in Alara. Yeah, so it's been about uh, a little over ten years that he's been a part of the part of the game, and we have seen him in almost every color uh, other than white so far. Uh, you know, he's definitely base red, but we've seen him as you know solid red, red green, red black, and then the most recent Sarkin that I uh, am recalling off of memory is Sarkin Unbroken, which is uh, green, blue, red, and I'm just mm -hmm. saying, man, just hey. You're, I, I know that you're a centrist because you, you just need to pick a color, man. Just choose choose which color you want to be in. You can't just keep you know uh, picking uh, uh, colors left and right and uh, dropping them willy nilly. You know, just just pick a color, my dude. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I feel the same way. I mean, he has been he has been red in his past couple incarnations, but he did spend a long time getting there. Uh, in fact, he even went back in time to yell at uh, Ugin and Nicol Bolas that he just wants to grill. Uh, <laughs> yep. Help anything, just fucked everything up because he didn't know what he was doing. I think uh, Center describes him perfectly. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, just just pick a color, man. Just, just do it. Just pick yeah. a color. Um, so next we're going to look at um, Daxos of Miletus. So um, part of Daxos' lore is actually tied into... Um, Elspeth. Mm -hmm. uh, he uh, he died like fighting alongside her, and he came back as a returned um, just to try to come back and help her. So I have put him uh, in uh, sort of center off right because he's hashtag still with her. Um, oh yeah. I that uh, yeah he would uh, he would definitely be like um, shaming people on Twitter for spelling folks with a KS instead of an X, oh. um, uh, like totally being fine with poor people like straight up being murdered in the street i would map him exactly where hillary clinton would be mapped on a political compass and we both know that's not in the green quadrant correct <laughs> yeah so he I, I put him in like center blue yeah I, I i would say that you know um yeah definitely like um faux progressive on the front but you know nothing fundamentally will change on the on you know underneath yeah absolutely uh, that's where Daxos of Miletus is. Now, this is our first um, character to go in the pedo quadrant. <laughs> <laughs> Would you All like right. to tell us why? <laughs> okay, so we got, I mean, let's let's just be honest, the poster boy for Magic the Gathering. Uh, we have Jace, uh, and we've had many, many iterations of Jace. I believe every single one of them has been mono blue, right? Um, yeah, yeah, Nissa so. got blue. They just got green for a second, but no, Nissa got blue. So yeah, they've all been mono blue. Right, right. So um, I would say, and, you know, the, the joke is that, uh, you know, every like uh, male cis magic player, you know, um, identifies with Jace. And and Jace definitely seems to be designed to be like the person that the stereotypical uh, magic player um, uh, identifies with. Uh, and, so and, well, I personally identify with uh, Goblin Stink Drinker. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely put you there too, for sure, for sure. Um, so I, I gotta say, I think Jace, you know, um, Libright, um, most likely out of all the MTG characters to both wear a fedora. I mean, you can see it, right? Yeah, yeah, it's basically there. Yeah. Uh, it, the illusion did away for this photo, but right, uh, most likely to wear a fedora and also own Bitcoin. I mean, you know, he's uh, a mono blue mage. Uh, thinks he's you know super smart. Uh, thinks that he's going to make so much money investing all of his uh, uh, all of his mana into Bitcoin. Uh, and uh, <laughs> I guess we'll just see how that turns out for you, man. Yeah, it's uh, it's illusory. Um, 
the uh, yeah, he's uh, he's definitely a Jace the living non-aggression principle. Um, and I think the other thing is, you know, a lot of people have been getting angry that, uh, you know, he's not the poster boy anymore and that like they killed off Gideon and that female characters are getting some attention. So I think uh, Libright definitely fits for all of the piss babies whining about how SJWs are ruining magic because one of the female planeswalkers is good and they haven't printed a good Jace in a while. Yeah, absolutely. To punctuate it, Jace is, a, Jace is Libright because the majority of magic players are Libright. I mean, that's just how it is. Oof. <laughs> Unfortunate for our community. Um, but yeah, so next we've got a real return to monkey character. Oh, the, yeah, I bet you have a lot to say about this. I do. So I love Garuk Wildspeaker as a card. Let me just say that first off. Mono Green Devotion is my shit. He will always have a place there. Um... Now, we on this podcast have some hot takes about the Unabomber. Yes, I yes. think he had a banger of a manifesto, but he was definitely like a misogynist incel, and he did not put the leftist principles that he talked about into practice. He was also pretty sloppy. Bombs are based, but not when they kill innocent people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah killing people is just no good. It's no good. Killing innocent people is just no good. Um, so, Garuk kind of just wants to like like there's two kinds of i just want to live alone there's the centrist kind like don't bother me with politics and then there's the sort of lib center kind the like don't let any government anywhere near me garuk hates humans uh he bonds with beasts uh which i mean could make him a furry in which case i think that would be lib left but i'm gonna be um charitable to him and say he just wants to you know escape civilization and just return to monkey and that is uh lib center so would you go as far as saying that he is based in Ted Pilled? Uh, yeah, I would. I would say he's based in Ted Pilled. For me, maybe not based, but definitely Ted Pilled, regardless of how you feel about all that. Yeah, he plus ones to untap two target lands so he can build a cabin. <laughs> I, I have very fond memories of playing the original Garrick in um, uh, Jund, like way back when it was in Standard. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think you can argue against this. And, you know, the, yeah. the most Ted pilled out of all the cards. Yeah, he's uh, he's definitely one of the best. Uh, he was one of the best Planeswalkers for a long time. And I do, I just love him in Monogreen Devotion. I'm tapping some Utopia Sprawls, just mwah. So um, now that green is like by far the best color in, in re recent sets, um, you know, by far, if Garuk gets uh, gets a new card and drops the black and just becomes a mono green planeswalker, he is just going to be the like the most powerful planeswalker, uh, you know, in, in that standard. Uh, would you would you would you think that would be the case? Um, that happened in the last core set, um, and the fact that we did not remember about that uh, speaks to how they did not do that. <laughs> Um, the yeah. last group absolutely fucking sucked. <laughs> uh, give them another chance. Uh, w uh, just give on a long enough timeline. Wizards will will create a uh, uh, a, a broken green uh, uh, mythic. So uh, give them give them time. They'll get there. Yeah, yeah, I I definitely think so too. I mean, we got Elder Gargaroth. We got pretty close, but maybe the next one will be a Garuk. Um, so speaking of characters we love, a uh, character you love is coming up next, and we actually talked a little bit about this uh, in uh, two couple, two episodes ago. Uh, but yeah, take it away. Yeah, so it's it's everyone's favorite Joker character, Tybalt, the fiend-blooded. Um, you know, he is... 
unfortunately considered to be a joke by the majority of the magic player base and i th- i in in the previous episode i just talked about why uh i don't think that's the case i want to talk about why he's based uh this time uh he is i i believe squarely in um lib left and i mean who who is most likely to show up to a riot right i mean it's it's tybalt tybalt's going to be um the person who you see in all the um um you know uh uh, phone captured footage of uh, riots and all the insane things that happens. He's going to be right in the middle of it. So you know, riots. He's going to be there. Yeah, I would. I will say, I, I I see him left as like less as like a lib left rioter and more as like a French yellow vest rioter, where like you're not sure if he even has political opinions. He kind of just wants to cut somebody's head off. Yeah, that's uh, that's a that's a great point. Yeah, because the yellow vests were kind of hard to pin down, uh, 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 political philosophically, right? Yeah, some of them were like libertarians. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was interesting for sure. Um, I I think I could agree it, if you could demonstrate that he wanted to improve the world in some way. I think I could put him in. I could see putting him in lib left. Lib left. I think um, I think what puts it over the edge into lib left is that haircut. <laughs> I think the other thing that puts it over the edge into lib left is that his minus six takes all the creatures from your opponent for the turn, uh, and that def- that definitely represents infighting. Uh, so that puts him on the left. Okay, yeah, let, let, let's go with that. It, it's really more of a, a culmination situation. Um, yeah, but I, I think the uh, uh, everything else plus the fact that he is um, all for tearing things down uh, puts him in lib left. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So here we've got next um, is Torment of Scarabs. Um, now this is sort of a stand-in for all of the torment cards: torment of hailfire, torment of scorpions. I think I don't fucking know. The the scarabs and, and hailfire were the two good ones. But they basically ask you to lose three life unless you sacrifice an online permanent or discard a card. And I am viewing this uh, as a as a allegory for libertarianism, where the hierarchy of the state is removed, but it's kind of just replaced with the hierarchy of the ca- of in that like have you ever argued with a libertarian and they tell you like you know you don't like your job just get another one that's the free market you don't like your apartment your apartment's too expensive go find another one to live in that's the free market oh, oh i don't i don't uh I, I don't argue with people about politics online i stay far away from that well your mental health must be much better than mine <laughs> um torment of scarabs sort of represents that to me in that it's like oh if you don't want to pay three life just uh, sacrifice an online permanent or discard a card you got all these options in the free market and if you can't afford the life, you have to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. It's not my fault that you don't have any uh, cards in your hand or non-land permanents. Uh, you know what I mean? That this just gives me that sort of uh, that sort of vibe. Like, don't tread on me unless you're my landlord. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. Uh, yeah, it, it really is a, a false choice. Um, you know, it's it it's presented as a good that you have choice, even though all the choices are absolutely awful for you and take do not take your uh, uh, well being into consideration. As long as somebody uh, is uh, benefiting from it, uh, you know, hands- handsomely, uh, then it's um, you know, uh, th- then that's the way things should be. I think this is a good place for this card. Absolutely. So next, um, we've got Niv Mizzet, the Firemind. Now tell me why you put him where you put him. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to say that he is uh, right center, uh, you know, kind of straddling the line between those. Um, because whenever I hear about Niv Mizzet, especially that flavor text that you can see on the screen right now, uh, I really get flashbacks to, and, and I kind of dabbled in this myself when I was younger, but in the mid-2000s, that's when like the new atheist uh, really came out, you know, Richard Dawkins, Sam Harris, um, 
Christopher Hitchens that were very much into that, you know, three, uh, free thinking and, uh, you know, um, questioning, uh, you know, the, the, the status quo of, of religion. Now that we're about, you know, 15, 20 years away from that, all of those people are at least alt-right adjacent. So, oh, yeah. Oh, ab absolutely. It, I mean, if you want to talk about pipelines, I think that's probably the cleanest pipeline uh, you can um, you can prove exists. So, yeah. So Niv Mizzet, he's definitely the guy that's on uh, YouTube right now recording four hour streams about uh, how something isn't racist, but, you know, is close enough to being racist that it's like, you know, there's there's absolutely no difference. Uh, so or, you know, they're, they're at least being that. Uh, so I, I would put him right on the. Um, center of right yeah I, I think i would agree with you the flavor text with all the the equations and stuff like just seem kind of like one of those youtube channels where there's like a couple cool physics experiments so you're supposed to also listen to them when they talk to you about how there's a conspiracy to put miscegenation in the fucking backyardigans or whatever uh, to convince people to do race mixing or like is convinced that you know social media is run by Jews or something. So like you, you, they, they put on this sort of facade of intellectualism and, and, and science so that they can spout conspiracy theories to you through their YouTube channel from their like mom's basement. And Niv Mizzet absolutely has that vibe. I think you've nailed it. Yeah. The um, flavor text, uh, once you translate it, literally says Niv is number one. I mean, what can be more right than that? That's yeah, that's a uh, pretty interesting. I did not know that. It's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure. Uh, but yeah, th that's where I'd put him. Yeah. Um, so next we've got uh, War of the Spark Karn. Um, now, forgive me for a cheap shot, um, but this one actually has a static ability that says activated abilities of artifacts your opponent's control can't be activated. And I put him in off left because that ability basically makes it so there's no food. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> yeah, you got it. Um, <laughs> I've actually I've actually won um, a game of historic recently because I was playing uh, like mono red um, vehicles with Karn and uh, so, you know I was kind of beating down a little bit and they were trying to lean on the fact that they were creating a bunch of food to kind of uh, live while they were trying to um, you know outlive my permanents and I think I got them on that uh, you know they made a play that only made sense if they were going to gain life off the food and then. I attacked and, and I won, so that totally makes yeah. sense. That opponent must have been a real dumbass. <laughs> what, what an absolute weapons-grade rutabaga. Total fucking dipshit. Absolutely scum-of-the-earth dumbass. No, 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 no. Oh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's the meme, right? Is that you know off the off left, um, you know the bread lines in the Soviet Union that there will will be no food. Definitely fodder for the uh, political compass memes. Uh, you know, definitely the butt of the joke uh, uh, when the when that quadrant comes up on that subreddit. Yeah, and definitely don't look into the American sanctions of those countries that might cause that lack of resources. Definitely consider that at all. Right, for sure. Uh, you, uh, you know, Karn is kind of known as being a pacifist, but now that, you know, he's gotten off of um, New Phyrexia, and it seems like he might be kind of thinking about a way to um, uh, hit back at New Phyrexia and try to uh, take them out once and for all. Um, so, you know, this uh, newfound uh, lust for... Um, uh, you know, uh, attacking and violence uh, might kind of put him more into off left as well. 
Yeah, yeah. The artifact that you choose from outside of the game is a Kalishnikov. <laughs> or a, uh, Rus a Russian nesting doll. <laughs> Equally violent. I think this is a good place to put them. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so next you've put uh, Teferi uh, on the chart. Tell us about Wire and why. <laughs> uh, excuse me. <clears throat> excuse me. Professional podcaster here. Okay. Um, Teferi, um, you know you know him, you love him. Uh, you know, huge figure in uh, early Magic. Came back recently as a full-fledged, like, main character to um, lots of people's... Um, uh, uh, lots of people's excitement who love the story and a lot of derision for people who hate his cards. But yeah. on the yeah, on the political compass, I'm going to put him lib center, you know, so pretty close to, to Garouk and uh, Tezzeret. I don't really know why. It just it just feels right. I got to be honest, you know, like I don't really want to put him centrist because like he cares and he like has, a, you know, um, a w wants to enact his uh, vision on the world. But I just think it sounds right. How do, what do you think? I actually think I would put him in off left, um, off because of his static ability. Um, each opponent can't cast spells; can cast spells only any time they could cast a sorcery. Any card that's telling your opponent what they can and can't do belongs in authoritarian. Um, and then left because he can go back in time and do real communism this time. Well, I <laughs> yeah, that's that's definitely that that's true. Well, I would say you know, other than Time Raveler, which I will just say, you know, was a mistake of a card. All of his other cards don't really have that vibe. They really have more of a I am sitting here doing my own thing. I'm going to stop you from doing what you're doing, but to be honest, I'm not really doing anything myself. I'm just drawing cards and uh gaining all this mana. So I, I do think that um uh I do think that Lib Center is is uh, a good place. Yeah. You but can say I, you're just I I see I see your point for sure. Yeah, I, I think it's harder to find the Teferi card that wasn't a mistake. <laughs> well, no, think about it. His original incarnation, the blue one, is uh, is top tier in Commander. It's one of the best CEDH decks. Um, Time Raveler got banned from several formats, and the Dominaria Teferi was pretty oppressive in Standard and has a healthy place in Modern now. But the, the fact that they didn't ban it from Standard drove some people away. I, yeah, I do hate playing against five mana Teferi, um, you know, regardless of whether it's fair or not. It definitely doesn't feel good to play against. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You show me a fair Teferi, and I'll show you the one from the Planeswalker deck. Um, <laughs> For sure, and, and which is which is really unfortunate because he really is like a really well-loved character by old Magic players oh, yeah. and new play uh, Magic players um, alike. It's it's uh, unfortunate that his cards cause so much um, negative feelings, you know, for such a, um, a, a well-liked character. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, I think like some of the, <laughs> the most well-loved Teferi cards aren't actually Teferi. It's like Teferi's protection. Um you know, things like that, like sort of cards that are a time wipe, things that are adjacent to him or feature him, but aren't actually him. Yeah, that makes um, sense. I, I, I'm going to grip it and rip it real quick. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. Mandarin Orange Fizzy Water. It is a San Pellegrino. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Sorry, I was swallowing my drink. <laughs> no, no, you're fine. Um, so next I've got a little cheap shot uh, at my own quadrant. Um, Here's where we gave up. No, it's not. There's <laughs> later. Um, limited uh, All Star, uh, one, probably the be one of the best commons printed in limited in a long time. Fan bearer from Amonkhet, uh, and I put it in lib left because it has only fans. Oh, oh, I know about this. I've I've heard about this before. So people who um, play Magic and they draw way more lands than they need can actually sell those lands to other players who uh, are mana screwed and don't have lands in their hands. I've heard about this. Only lands. 
Yeah, yeah, only <laughs> Oh, oh no, no. I, I'm sorry. I'm talking about something else. Excuse me. Um, no, no. I, I do know what you're talking about, though. It's when um, you know, it's it's when you have an account that bans every single card. Uh, out, uh, you know, anytime you like invest money into a deck and you get super excited and you goldfish it on your deck over and over again, and then you take it to one tournament and then you find out that there was a ban that uh, you know that previous day and you can't play your deck. Only bans. Yeah. <laughs> That was that was bad. I'm sorry. Um, or uh, never mind. Um, just making a, a joke that's probably too edgy for the podcast. Um, you're yeah, mo- you're, you're most likely not attacking with this card, so you're only using yeah. the fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So only fans. Uh, I, I like this. Yeah. Um, so, but next we've got some real discussion, um, and I'll I'll let you take it away. Where'd you put Duretti? I think Duretti is uh, is lib left pretty pretty strongly. And mm-hmm. uh, and for a simple reason, uh, you know, for anyone that knows, you know, Duretti and how his character is designed, um, you know, he fights pretty hard for disability rights, and that's that's based. Yeah, he had his leg blown off in a in a in a experimental accident, um, and I I mean, okay, so the only I, I had a neighbor whose limb was blown off um, in their uh, in their uh, when their garage uh, exploded. Um, but they had a Confederate flag on their porch. Um, pretty sure their garage was a meth. Um, this is a different kind of explosion. It was sort of he he's been fighting for disability rights and using his like um, extreme knowledge of of machines to try to help liberate the people of Pollyanna. You, you know, you bring up a great point. I, I didn't uh, uh, specify this when we created this, but you know, um, you know, doing like backyard explosions and pyrotechnics really puts them more towards you know uh, libertarianism but you know the fact that afterwards you know that he you know uh is is fighting for these disability rights and pull you know pulls him over so maybe a little bit towards um towards yellow but i would say in, in lib left yeah interesting um interesting like Side note, a lot of libertarian. it feels like every libertarian has like almost all terrible opinions, but they care about one based thing. Like that awful, awful Facebook page, Libertarian Guys with Asian Wives, mm-hmm. that I really, really want to believe is satire. They are on a crusade against spanking your children, which I think is objectively based. Um, but like all of their other opinions are fucking trash. I mean, they're libertarians, but like there will be libertarians who are like super into BLM and they're awful on everything else, but they are, do care about this one thing. And I think Duretti might be that, but with disability rights. I can, I can believe that, you know, this is like we were talking about just privately a while ago. Um, I, I fully believe that as humans, we have no, uh, we have no obligation to, to make um, logical sense, like you know, um, we can we can be logically inconsistent on a lot of things. I think that's just the human experience, and maybe we're seeing oh. that here with you know the libertarians and with Duretti and some other things. I at least want to make sure that everyone who listens to this podcast knows that I reserve the right to be logically inconsistent, and you can't criticize me for it. Okay, yeah, um, and and Duretti, I think, really speaks to the goblin experience, um, <laughs> the human experience, rolling around in trash. <laughs> right um but sometimes you get dynamite strapped to you and um you get thrown into a crowd of people uh if you're a goblin yeah yeah for sure for sure uh but yeah that that's where i'm putting them i i, I feel it fits yeah i agree um so next we've got something kind of interesting now this is my partner's favorite card um and she i was asking her like for ideas when we were coming up with this and she listed this one and i think this one's a doozy to try to classify yeah you 
queen among bears. I thought about this for a while. She distributes plus one, plus one counters. She makes people fight. You know, that, that distributing plus one, plus one counters is pretty left. Making people fight is pretty lib. So maybe lib left, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but she's a queen. And then I remembered some, you know what kind of ideologies only really exist in theory? There's like weird Twitter people and like Reddit people who have these ideologies, but there's no real way to put them into practice. I think I think I know what you mean, yeah. Yeah, one of them is social monarchy, where you want the benefit of monarchy, which is that a ruler can be raised from birth to learn how to be just and good at ruling, but you want them to implement socialist policies that will benefit the proletariat. Um, I think this is ridiculous and impossible. <laughs> it does seem but, a little silly. Yeah, there are people who at least claim to believe that social monarchy could work. I think if social monarchy is to work, a Eula queen among bears would be the one to do it. Uh, yeah, yeah, that, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, I would say the um, target bear you control fights target creature you don't control kind of just by itself puts uh, puts it into uh, off left. But um, yeah, yeah, um, honestly, coming up with systems that work on paper and don't work in reality, I would say it's also pretty off left, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, <laughs> I think... I- where social monarchy would be because i think within a couple generations of like advisors and probably within generations it would shift over to off right um pretty easily oh for sure for sure yeah constant drift concentrated you know um but yeah uh for the one generation that social monarchy maybe allegedly works a eula would be running that shit i think so yeah so um the other kind of authoritarianism uh, you have put uh, the Royal Scions, um, uh, Will Rowan, I don't know, will she, um, over <laughs> the off-right category. Explain yourself. Um, honestly, I don't think this one requires much uh, much explanation. I have put them in off-right for what I think are obvious reasons. Would you agree? Uh, yeah, generally. I mean, they're uh, white and they have blonde hair and they are the heirs to a, a royal bloodline they're white they're white yeah they are the, they are the whitest the white with the blonde hair uh and are um what i assume are like um prince and princess or whatever the word would be in uh in um eldraine uh yeah yeah i, I yeah they they're very clearly like um uh they, they are ascending to the throne and uh make creating um cre- creating a um ethno state as they do it yeah, and they share a spark, which, um, you know, other, um, you know, royal bloodlines that are definitely off-right could be described as having siblings sharing a spark. Uh, the Habsburgs come to mind. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Yeah, so I think off-right is definitely a good place to put them. Um they should enjoy their good looks while they can, because uh, you know, once you know, future generations of the uh, of the scions uh, come into being, they are not going to look right. Yeah, they're going to be half elk, and they're going to have more toes than they should. And they'll they'll bleed if you look at them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Like already, they're on the same card. Pretty soon, they're going to be the same person. Um, so this next. I had some difficulty deciding, not difficulty deciding where it goes. I think Bloodbird Elf is definitely a Posadist because it can uh, cascade into uh, Pyroclasm. Um, You don't know what it's going to hit. It just, you know, look at that art. They just want to watch the world burn. Um, But I don't know 
statism goes on the political compass because I think it's a little bit too ridiculous. Uh, real, real quick, um, because I'm honestly a little uh, confused on this. Can you define Pesadism for me? Okay. Pesadism is an extension of the philosophy of accelerationism. Accelerationism is the belief that social change will require a war that wipes out most of uh, the human race or at least largely redefines everyone's values and lifestyles. Um, an accelerationist leftist would argue that we need to keep Trump in office so that he can uh, destroy the morale of the American people so we can have a proletariat uprising. I disagree with that, of course. Pesadism is the idea that we need to accelerate toward nuclear war. Oh, okay, okay. Completely wipe out the human population or almost entirely wipe it out. Um, I'm trying to think of like actual Pesadists. There's cults that are Pesadist. Um, collapse cults, like the, the sexy Garfield collapse cult. Oh, okay. Things like that that just kind of want everyone to die or most people to die so that we move into an era of I, either like humans are unredeemable and they all need to die. That's a brand of Pesadism or um, only a few humans that can survive nuclear war will then be able to know the horror of nuclear war and build a civilization that will not repeat that mistake. But we need to accelerate toward nuclear war. Uh, based question mark? Uh, who who, kno who knows who's to say? I, I would uh, un unbased. I do not like Pesadism. I think I have a little bit. Call me cringe, but I think I have a little bit too faith, too much faith in humanity to be a Pesadist. No, I think we can unequivocally say on this podcast uh, as the official st gut shot stance that uh, nuclear war not good. I don't know. Show me a couple more Pete Buttigieg tweets, and maybe I'll turn into Pesadist. Uh, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I wasn't exactly sure where to put Blood Braid off, but I definitely a Pesadist. What are your thoughts on this? Oh, no, this makes a lot of sense. Uh, yeah, um, and, you know, um, she is in, uh, you know, we know her as a Jund card, uh, you know, maybe a few other things, but like, what is Jund if not an increase, uh, a, um, um, an, an, an increase in accelerationism towards, uh, you know, the ending of Magic the Gathering, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and just like a lot of violence going on, devour those kinds of mechanics. Um, but yeah, I think Cascade is definitely, um, leans toward Pesadist tendencies. Um, yeah, I think, so, I think you're right. Yeah. You've got a little gag coming up. Uh, why don't you, why don't you tell us about where great is? Uh, no, this is a hundred percent, a hundred percent serious. I want to have a very long in-depth discussion about where this card belongs. Uh, but I do want to talk about great whale, uh, you know, the classic card from, uh, Urza's Urza Saga? Uh, yes. Urza's Oreos, based on this. Right, right. Great Whale, you know it, you love it. I'm going to say that Great Whale is centrist, and, and here's why. And I want to have a big conversation about this. It just wants to krill, for God's sakes. <laughs> yeah, uh, I can't really argue with that. Uh, Commander staple great whale. Uh, I just want to krill. Just, just want to krill. And also, it's a whale and has no concept of politics. You know, just but. but. <laughs> it also want, also wants to krill. So, um, centrist. Um, I, I think everyone would agree on this one. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's a pretty easy one. Uh, and then we've got one more pretty easy one. Um, Tome Anima for. Uh, uh, pretty bad draft card from m21 yeah yeah uh, i i okay all right so all i've been thinking about all day today is i want to know what frederick's opinion on this really uh, a very medium draft card from a core set i gotta know what fred thinks about this okay yeah so i put tome anima in off left all of the books are the theory that it's reading and it won't shut the fuck up about how you need to read theory 
Uh, and the fact that some of the books are flying around the room like birds is a reference to the fact that this person also never leaves Twitter. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Um, this reminds me of the time I went to a like a socialist student gathering at a, at a college. And it was pretty much just like a bunch of guys just sitting around, uh, you know, reading books and talking about the books and not actually going out and doing anything with that knowledge. I would definitely put Tom Anima as the person running that type of group. Yeah, it can't even go out and do a food serve or anything because it's a spirit. It just fucking reads theory and tells you to read theory and talks down to you because you haven't read theory. And that's why it goes in off left. You can't see it in real life. Exactly. Yeah. Go down to uh, come down. Come on down to lib left where uh, you don't have to read any theory, but you get to do all the base shit like food serves and yelling at cops. <laughs> that's good. That's good. You know, looking at what we have here, I'm actually really impressed with the um, I, I was worried that we would like put all the cards in like one or two quadrants that we would really load up on making lib right the uh, butt of the joke. But we, we yeah. really spread it around this time. Yeah, we definitely dunked on the pedo quadrant a little bit, um, but that actually has the least cards of any of the quadrants. Yeah, that's uh, it. It's, yeah. I think I think we actually took the time to think critically about this. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, and looking at this final compass, you can see where we put all of the cards. I want to know where you would put um, your favorite cards on the political compass. Uh, so now it's time for you to respond uh, with your thoughts, uh, dear audience. Yes, please interact with us. Give us some engagement. This is this is your call to action. Get into the comments, you know, like, subscribe, do all that stuff. But where your favorite MTG characters, where would you put them? Um, how how much of an anti-intellectual bumpkin am I for having these terrible opinions? Uh, I, we want to hear all of it. Get into the comments, tweet at us on Twitter at GutshotPod. Uh, please let us know what you think about what we've done here. Where is Charging Badger? Where is Stormcrow? Where do these go on the political compass? We're asking important questions to sort of crowdsource answers from our audience. So don't let us down. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I think I think we did a good job. I think the world is a better place now that we have done uh, this work. And uh, I just can't wait to see what the magic community does with us. Absolutely. Yeah, um, I, I agree. I'm, I'm, I'm with the way that, that this looked. Uh, maybe we'll do another episode far in the future, but... Um, Go ahead and leave an angry comment uh, about how your favorite character isn't a libertarian or how you are a libertarian uh, so that we can go ahead and uh, ban you. Oh, yes, please flare up. Tell us exactly which quadrant you are before you tell us anything so we know exactly how to put you down. Yeah, whether to take you seriously or not. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, if we do this the, in the future, I again, I reserve the right to change my opinions on all of this and have completely inconsistent and um, uh, different opinions than what I've put here today. Please do not pin me down. Absolutely. Yeah, let's let's go ahead and button this one up. How do you feel about that? For sure. Yeah, I think we should we should button this one up. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of, of Gut Shot. We really appreciate that you're here with us, uh, you know, episode after episode. We really appreciate it. Uh, you can follow me at Agro Rhetoric on Twitter. Uh, my my boy Frederick is at War Crimes Uwu on Twitch. And you can follow the show on Twitter at Gut Shot Pod. Uh, yeah, I have been War Crimes Uwu, the guy at your LGS who keeps trying to convince you that Lightning Bolt is an overrated card. Uh, you have. I hope this episode of Gutshot, the only MTG podcast that says you can't win the game in its text box. Uh, join us next week for more Gutshot. Later. Later.